everybody all over the world if you are looking to get your voice heard on the midgard musings podcast you have the option to call in leave a voicemail and be featured on the podcast so all you have to do is to whatever country that you're in you need to dial one to reach the united states area code 615-671-9832 is the hotline number just call in leave your voicemail there and i will review it and i would love to feature your message here on a future midgard musings podcast episode really excited to feature this opportunity on this platform so again that number is 615-671-9832 it is a local united states domestic number so if you are outside of the country and you need to reach the u.s dial one uh for the u.s 615-671-9832 go ahead and call into the podcast leave your message there i am looking forward to hearing from you thank you so very much for supporting what i do here on the random heathen ramblings podcast on midgard musings hey everybody do you guys enjoy what i do here on the podcast and do you enjoy listening and watching to what i do on youtube as well maybe you're trying to think of a way to help support these projects and content that i release well i'm going to give you one idea to think about and that is patreon i'm not sure if you realize it but midgard musings is available to become a patron uh, to on patreon so go to patreon.com slash midgard musings and you can help support what i do here on the podcast and across my other social media platforms for just as little as a dollar a month if you so choose right so if everybody who's listening and watching what i do pledge just one dollar a month that would help tremendously. There are other tier levels of support that you can choose on Patreon. So head over to patreon.com slash Midgard Musings and see what fits you over there. As always, thank you so much for your support. Let's get back to the podcast. All right, everybody. Hail and welcome back to another Random Heathen Ramblings episode with Jesse from Midgard Musings. Thanks for joining me today, tonight, this morning, this afternoon, uh, whatever time of day it is, wherever you are in Midgard. Uh, Hail and thank you very much for tuning in yet again. Got a kind of fun episode lined up today. I'm going to be joined here in just a moment with a friend and guest, a uh, young fellow who I've met uh, actually through my channel uh more or less <laughs> and uh this guy is he's awesome he's um very energetic very enthusiastic a very talented artist also i might add um but he, he does it mainly just for fun really nice guy his name is patrick and um we're gonna be you know just chit chatting back and forth a bit uh, no real strong agenda lined up today but we are going to of course include the uh random Hovamal discussion towards the end of the episode. And I always like to have, you know, those types of things with other people on the channel. Uh, the last episode we did was with uh, my good friend Richard, and which was neat because Richard's not a a heathen or a pagan, you know. So his uh, 
views on things don't necessarily adopt a the exact worldview that I uh, adopted or, or, or have uh, as a pagan, and yet uh, you know the, the the help or the the guidance or you know the the ultimate message I guess you could say that the stanzas from the Havamal deliver um, resonate regardless of your religious views or whatever. So it's going to be kind of neat to have Patrick on here because Patrick is a pagan. Um, like I said before, he, uh, he kind of was introduced to, to me through my channel. Um, one of my YouTube videos, um, I think it was the, uh, how to perform a basic heathen ritual or something like that. That video is going to be, um, annotated up in the, um, show notes of this podcast. So head up to the show notes of the podcast episode here for the link to that video. That, um, was the video that kind of introduced Patrick to, to Midgard musings. And ever since then, he's, um, you know, we, we've developed a friendship, um, long distance friendship, you know, um, me being where I am and he being where he is. Um, there's, we are states apart. <laughs> um, but he has definitely been a really big supporter, shows up to a lot of the live streams, um, is always commenting on stuff. Really great guy. Uh, so we're just going to have, you know, pretty, you know, just random discussion, see where the, see where the discussion leads us, as it were, you know. Um, and then have the whole of them all discussion towards the end where we, you know, analyze a random stanza from the Havamal. Actually, I'm going to let him choose the random stanza from the Havamal today. So um, hope you guys and gals out there are looking forward to that. And also want to remind you all that, um, you know, we you, you heard about the Patreon thing in the intro. You heard about the hotline number, the call in 615-671-9832 if you want your voice heard here on the podcast Definitely feel free to please uh, call in and, and do that. You can also send me a, a voice message through your podcast listening application, right? You can do it through Spotify. You can do it through Anchor, uh, probably any other podcast streaming uh, service that you have. If you want to just shoot me a, a, a voice message, you can do that and be featured on the podcast as well. Um, any questions that you guys have, you can always send them to me that way or email them to me. Via Midgard Musings at uh, Midgard Musings TN at gmail.com. Almost said my own email address wrong. Had you guys send in an email to the to the to the to the great beyond. So yeah, it's Midgard Musings TN at gmail.com. Feel free to shoot me an email and ask any questions that you want things that you want to have featured on the podcast, questions you might have. Um, and then uh, also don't forget coming up here before we get into the discussion with Patrick and I. Uh, check out the Midgard Musing Store, all kinds of merchandise, the purchases of which do directly help support the podcast and the channel and everything that I do here. It helps helps support and build the brand, as it were. Um, so anyways, um, I hope you all enjoy the uh, this upcoming episode here with Patrick and I. And as soon as we return uh, from this commercial break, we will get right into talking with Patrick. So you guys, until we talk again, hail May your hearth fires always continue to burn bright. Stay safe out there. We'll talk to you soon. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast and supporting Midgard Musings and Random Heathen Ramblings here on the podcast and all the ways that you do. I did just want to call to your attention, in case you didn't know, that one of the many ways you can support this podcast is by purchasing merchandise and you can do that by going to midgardmusingsstore.com 
Okay, all the purchases that are made go to directly support the podcast um, and any of the other social media platforms that I distribute content on, which mainly include YouTube, Facebook, and Twitter. Um, so you guys and gals out there, please be sure to check out MidgardMusingsStore.com. You can get t-shirts, tank tops, hoodies, and all other kinds of things in variety of sizes and colors. The styles uh, can cater to all types of folks, men, women, children, even infants. We've got some really cute uh, baby onesies that uh, you know vary in all different kinds of sizes. So make sure to head over to MidgardMusingsStore.com. Check out what you got over there to get for yourself, your kids, your wife, your girlfriend, your husband, your boyfriend, your loved ones, your grandma, your grandpa, anybody in your life that you think would love to rock some awesome Midgard Musings merchandise. Check it out and get you something today. Unique, one-of-a-kind, silver, pagan, heathen, and occult designs only at Maccabay. There are various Mjolnirs listed on two different Etsy shops. I'll be providing those links for you here in just a moment. And they also do custom work. And like I said, they have various pagan, occult, and other heathen-inspired religious jewelry designs um, and Specific custom work uh, requests are welcome. You can follow Maccabay on Instagram, which is at Maccabay Designs. That's M-A-K-A-B-E-T Designs, or on Facebook at Maccabay. Now, to find them on Etsy, you'll go to etsy.com slash shop slash Maccabay Designs. That's M-A-K-A-B-E-T Designs. Uh, for all the socially acceptable designs. And then for more of the fun occult and adult type designs, you can go to etsy.com slash shop slash macabre hammer. That's M-A-C-A-B-R-E hammer. Check them out today and let us know what you think. Well, hey there, hail and welcome everybody. Uh, it's Jesse with uh, Midgard Musings here on the Random Heathen Ramblings podcast on all your major listening podcast platforms. Thanks, like I said before, for uh, tuning in and listening. Um, and as I mentioned briefly in the intro, um, I've got a good friend here, um, first time guest of the podcast, but a longtime supporter, I would say, um, of Midgard Musings in general. So uh, his name is Patrick, and I would like for you, Patrick, if you wouldn't mind just introducing yourself to the listeners out there uh so thank you so much first of all for joining and welcome oh it's an honor a pleasure jesse and yes uh this is uh patrick walsh uh been following jesse for gosh a little over a year now and it's uh it's been quite a journey indeed yeah and i did mention earlier uh before you joined here uh patrick that um our our friendship kind of blossomed or, or started with your supporting midgard musings and i think um, maybe you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure that the uh, video that you discovered, I actually, you know, we, we've talked about it in passing, but like you, you, you discovered Midgard Musings through, through a YouTube video, right? That is exactly correct. Yeah. And so I know you mentioned that video uh, to me, like, hey, this is kind of where everything started. You know, like this is where I like, I t- found out about you and where we kind of developed our friendship from. But 
Um, I would love if you wouldn't mind sharing for myself and for everybody listening um, what that video oh, was about, what the video was, and um, what, why did it stand out to you so much? Like what kind of made Absolutely. it so? Absolutely. I would love to. So yeah, it's just around the time. Um, it was right before uh, I went to go see High Lung um, in person, mm -hmm. but a little bit before that is I got, I reintroduced myself into the heathen path and it was um, a course I saw fit by fate or whatever you choose to call it. But anyways, um, <clears throat> so naturally when I'm trying to look for information or wisdom, I go to YouTube and just, you know, went about various different channels. And then I came across your channel and at first glance and first impression is I see this man, I'm like, this is a relatable and approachable person. And I like to think I'm a good judge of character and always above all, you trust your gut. And, mm. you know, I believe the first impressions are most definitely a most lasting impression. Okay. Well, I appreciate and that kind of feedback. Absolutely. Yeah, it just uh from there you know i just uh i saw the the video referring to you know going about a ritual and i can't explain okay. enough how infuri infuriating it is to get so many different sources you feel kind of lost in like a maze You're like oh, i don't know where to start where to go mm. but your video is very hands-on and very um you know easy to approach and to follow right and that was the one for uh like how to perform a basic heathen ritual, I think, right? Is that That's the one you're referring to? Yeah. Yes. Which uh, I'll, I'll, I'll link that uh, video for anybody interested who hasn't seen it yet um, that's listening. It'll be in the show notes of the podcast. So, you know, while you're listening, I, you know, just be sure to head to the show notes um, and uh, and check it out and see if, you know, anybody listening here that uh, wants to maybe get a, a point of view from just one pagan to, to others, you know, um, I've talked about it enough in my videos and my podcast, like my general approach to, to this path is being strongly rooted um, in historical information. Um, but I am a pagan that lives in modern times. We are all living in modern times. And I feel that there's a place for the historical stuff. Um, and there's also a place for growth in the modern day to develop our own traditions and develop our own ways of doing things that fit into the style of who we are, how we practice, what kind of heathen we are, you know? Um, but Absolutely. I'm glad to hear that, you know, Patrick, the video um, resonated with you and sparked a, a friendship. I don't get that very often. Um, not that I look for it, but, uh, you know, when uh, people relate to the content that I put out in whatever way, um, like that's kind of what we always want, you know, like we want to see that um, the information that we're sharing, first of all, is enjoyable and that it's uh, useful. Right. Because I know Absolutely. when I first came to and I, when I first came to heathenry, I was a bit lost. I didn't have anybody to kind of teach me or, or show me what to do or how to do it. And so much of uh, so much of the, 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 the audience that comes to heathenry comes from other backgrounds. I don't know if you're one of those types or if you even care to talk about it. Like, did you come Absolutely. into heathenry from a totally different view of life or the world? Or, you know, you know, it's if you want to talk about like what your previous religious views were, that's fine. If you don't, that's OK, too. Certainly. I, I, I came from a very strong, you know, rooted Christian background. So relearning or not even relearning, but it was like, 
a reprogramming almost, right? Like you have to shift your thoughts on on so many things. Um, what was it like for you? And, and if you want to, or if you care to talk about that, go right ahead. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, so I was raised and, you know, baptized as a Roman Catholic. And um, mm. I, I wow. know there are a lot of different, I know, <laughs> right? Uh, for me, though, being born with this birth defect, um, I, in a way, felt very grateful and blessed at that time because I was in a close-knit neighborhood and community where my family and my friends were one the same, a lot like things are now, which is kind of strange, but um, it was very important for me to be in that kind of environment and it suited me well and it suited its purpose. And then from there, as I <clears throat> went to the teenage years, I began to explore and go down various paths. And I'll never forget when I first really found, you know, Norse paganism. Unfortunately, it didn't last much time. It kind of fleeted up my mind at the time because there's so many things going on. Mm. And then I kind of fast forward that until about two years ago or so is when I really started to really take that path seriously rather than dabbling like I've done through various different beliefs in my past. Sure. So that's really, uh, I think, you know, it, out of all the people that I've whether become friends with or have had some sort of connection with, uh, whether it be through the channel or through mutual friends, um, I don't know of anybody off the top of my head that I can say for sure came into heathenry from Catholicism. Um, and it's an interesting topic uh, to me. I don't know if you've ever thought about this or have had any similar discussions or, or your own thoughts, but I personally, after... Because see, I was I, I my parents um, they were born and raised and, and and baptized into the Catholic Church as well, but they didn't raise my sister and I in Catholicism. Um, I I have, however, attended Catholic masses um, throughout my life, and I noticed that there's a strong difference between uh, Catholic uh, practices or, or Catholic mass versus like a, a Baptist Christian church or or oh, any absolutely. other sort of. Christian church. And, and I thought later on, especially when I came into uh, a pagan style of, of belief in, in Norse heathenry, Norse paganism, that um, there are so many ritual elements to what Catholicism em embraces, right? The, the sitting up, the standing down, the chantings of these various prayers. There's so many ritual elements. And to me, I always sat back and I thought, well, Catholics are just pagans in denial. <laughs> they haven't quite taken the plunge yet. They're they, they've got all their saints, they've got all their um, religious rites and, and, and rituals and things. So it's like you're, you've got, uh, you know, it's paganism with a, a Christian veneer added to it. Um, what do you think about that? How do you, what, what would you say to somebody that, like I me, think that's or whatever, a really, that, that, <laughs> really kind of keen a, observation because it's funny you mention that because I've actually, it kind of explains why I respected that faith and practice so much. It's because as far as contrast between the Catholic Mass and the Christian Mass, it's definitely night and day. Um, mm -hmm. The energy is far more different, and everyone has their preference, but I really took a respect and reverence for the atmosphere of ritual, because I feel like you're separating yourself from the mundane. You're, and it's a really good point, is, you know, it's like, you know, pagans in denial, or Catholics in denial, it's just, you know, <laughs> and it's like when they do the blessings of the holy water, it reminds me right away of Blotty. I'm like, that's, that's too mm -hmm. much. It's, but it's very yeah. interesting though. You know, it's just, you know, it's that approach to sacredness that, you know, that I connect with. 
and I respect. And, you know, I know a lot of people, you know, will talk down to upper states. You know, I respect everyone for who you are, what you are, as long as it doesn't hurt anybody. But of course, I'm going to stand up and, you know, be loyal to what I follow, of course. But. Yeah. No, and I, I love that approach. And I, and I, and, and that's kind of what, um, I guess without even trying to adopt it or trying to, you know, because look, we, we, we're, we're pagans in modern day and, and what is the leading religion of the world or what is the re leading religious views of the world? Um, it's, it's such a broad reach, uh, when it comes to whether it's Christianity or Islam or, um, Catholicism kind of falls into that Christianity, um, uh, umbrella, right? The umbrella term, it's, exactly. it's Christian faith, you know? Um, and, uh, but, with with what Midgard Musings has has uh, at least what I hope to have started and in, in develop is a more holistic approach to people in general. Right, my friends, uh, some of my very close friends are not heathen. Um, one of my dearest friends, who's a brother to me, uh, is not pagan at all. Uh, he, he dabbles a bit in like Enoki and stuff. He was on the podcast last week, and I, I briefly mentioned him before. But the views of the world, whether it be you know how to treat a human being you know how to treat other people um you don't have to have a specific you don't have to have religion to have morality right i really like, like that point that's that's a very good point like there may be some things about a religious worldview that uh backs up what you're trying to do morally but ultimately you don't need to have religion to just be a decent human being right and and to respect life in general um which I think is the root of paganism, regardless if it's Germanic or Celtic or Roman or any other sort of, you know, uh, polytheistic approach to things. It's it's ultimately a respect for nature, part of which we are, like human beings, like we coexist and we are part of nature to to, to many extents, right? Right. And uh, but yeah, like the whole like ritual element of catholic mass i think if uh if anybody out there who was has never attended a catholic mass if for no other reason than to just experience it like you know i i wasn't raised catholic i was baptized a catholic and they say like you know like that kind of seals the deal but i you exactly. know i was never brought up in the catholic church i didn't i didn't receive communion i didn't go to the uh you know the various things that they have set up for children along their way to um gosh i can't even remember what the the names of them are but you know like your coming of age sort of milestones <laughs> along their life mm -hmm. but i've been in at a catholic mass and it was like you get your exercise like communion and all that <laughs> yeah exactly like you get oh, gosh, sit up yeah. stand down kneel sit stand kneel say this say that like you come out of catholic mass and you're like i think i need to take a shower because i'm sweating over here from all this activity maybe not as it much as like <laughs> <laughs> it prevents you from falling asleep too because you know if you sit there for too long you're gonna pass right out i think that's why they do it i think that that's why sense. they <laughs> i think that's why they have that's like oh you know we've been too quiet for uh for 20 minutes we got to get these people to stand <laughs> up say this exactly then we, <laughs> uh, gotta keep them engaged you know but i do uh and i and i also wanted to key in on something you said earlier about um you know with uh with the path that you were raised in um and the, and the sense of community and the things that it, it fit for you at the time, right? It, exactly. it made sense and it fit for you at the time. And then as you grew up as an individual, as you began to explore, 
I think that's something similar to what a lot of folks out here listening can can relate to. Um, and I wanted to key in on that specific thing with regard to it, the, the sense of community, right? Because I grew up, again, with a, a Christian background, but the sense of community, the church, as it were, um, we all took care of each other. We all, uh, it was like a tribe mentality. You know, we, we took care of our own. If somebody needed something, there was always someone else there to help. Um, we celebrated each other's victories. We sell, we, and we, we helped each other through our struggles. You know, nobody was alone. Nobody was an island. Um, and those that were, um, didn't last very long. Like there wasn't a place in our, our community and in, in that quote unquote tribe, if you want to call it, if you were just so isolated and so withdrawn that you didn't contribute to that. So I think it's interesting when you talk about community and, and things that it's, it's that in and of itself is not tied to a religion because we see it across various cultures and we see it across different religious views. Um, inherently, I think, you know, whatever name you want to put to it, um, those are heathen worldviews. Those are how our ancestors um, were able to thrive and survive is at the tribal community level. People needed to contribute something to their community, right? If you were just a, a, an island out there not doing much of anything for anybody, um, you were you were dead weight uh, at, uh, quite often you know you were expendable it's like well here's this guy just chilling all the time and not doing anything to help the tribe you know what are you gonna do and they, they didn't they didn't need a label for it they didn't need a name for it it just is no it's not was uh, but i think it's a i think it's an interesting thing to note that you found a place or or, or uh, that that you felt in place at the time and that the values inherently that you taught, I think, uh, stuck with you throughout your life, unless I misunderstood what you were saying. I feel like you're saying like, no, no. even though no, it's Catholicism, it. It, it carries over into your view now. Um, I'm curious though, like kind of like I, I hit that stage too. I think we all may have, especially as we're growing up from our youth to our adulthood, we're exploring, we're finding new things because so much of but our lives uh, were at one point were influenced by the people around us. And then we hit a point where we're like, I'm thinking for myself, I want to figure it out for myself. And we, we maybe uh, leave or abandon certain ideals and search for things ourselves and then come back to a common denominator, right? We, we come back to something that feels like we're at home and, and paganism, it sounds like for you felt like it was at home. Like you felt like it was a, Oh, most certainly. Um, All back then. It kind of brings it back to uh, a topic I was going to mention is about the importance of uh, music and how it could play such a pivotal role. And not only, you know, with spiritual practices, but also mental health as well. Okay. In what way? Like, I mean, so that that's a that's a great observation. And it's a it's such a broad statement. You know, music can can affect us and hit us in so many different ways. Um, how much of that do you think has been, like to, to what extent has it impacted you um, in your growth as a, as a person and, and as a pagan? Well, music has always been, you know, very fundamental to me throughout my life, but um, I sound like a broken record a lot when I mention this to my friends, but it all goes down to right around the time before I saw Highland in person and then, right after it just it changed my life and it's like many people who know who follow the uh the band is 
they're a tribe and you know they're not songs but they're rituals but yeah. i remember uh getting one of my close friends uh jamie who took me to see them in chicago it was like a pilgrimage something special is there something about that music that resonated deep inside of me and awoken all these latent feelings and emotions and repressions that i had and i just remember this we're constantly re-listening and re-listening and really yeah. having it soak in but then um while arriving there it's just being part of the facebook group as well i experienced a sense of community that i haven't felt in such a very long time and it really just it took me back and really um opened my mind and uh just really it was crazy yeah i i i'm a bit jealous i gotta admit you know uh that you've been to a Heilung uh event you know um because of, like just watching their performances um online um and and seeing that not being in person i feel like you really can't appreciate this fully unless you're there in person like you can you can absorb so much from a video online or a exactly song like right. right now like right now i've got um Golgolder playing uh, in the actually, background that's probably one of the most it's really amazing that you chose this song is this one hands down hits me to my core every time i mentioned in a post once that no matter what's occurring at the moment if I hear this song or anything from Highland, I'm taken away from what ails me, what what I'm struggling with, what's on my mind. It just brings me this, you know. It's, yeah, <laughs> Sorry, it's it's, it's, yeah, it's it's ethereal, man. Like it it does, it, and and I can relate to it, and I think a lot of us can. Just how strong, like for instance, I mean, even if you don't know what they're literally saying, because Highland is speaking in native languages to their their region they're, they're either speaking german or 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 old like proto-indo-european languages that you know mm -hmm. are not spoken anymore Le actively you know what i mean like they're not a spoken language they're they're archaic they kind of like how old norse is you know it's it's there's languages that exist today that are similar but nobody today at least not on a broad scale speak old norse it's an academic study you know what i mean exactly. and then the, the, the indo proto-indo-european or proto-germanic languages um that come that where old norse comes from like nobody's talking in that language anymore and to understand what they're saying requires a lot of research and, and effort to get the gist of it and yet you know we can hear and see what bands like Heilung are, are doing and it touches us in ways that you can't put a like you can't put a finger on the feeling that you get always it's like it's absolutely not you're you're, you're it's just an emotional overload um what I really just not to cut you off what I really respect and I'm sure a lot of us can relate to this is this kind of music is meant to be felt not mm. to be understood by quite literal like i'm sure a lot of us listen to heavy metal like the gutturals you just you don't understand one damn thing they're saying but you feel it you right. feel it deeper than that it's just you know it really compliments how you feel and that's something i really enjoy about music and how it helps us you know express ourselves yeah for sure um i also like to incorporate music into ritual like we were talking earlier before about um the uh 
the ritual aspects of things that that literally put us in a place to separate us from like where you i think you mentioned earlier the the, the separation between the mundane or the profane and and sacred um forces or sacred elements like there's no denying at least to me that um these types of rhythms whether it's a drum beat or or uh anything it helps get us into a like a headspace or 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 a perception of our existence in the world and in the universe that we can connect to things a little bit easier if we're if we have something that kind of like uh guides us along the way whether it be auditory you know visual and that's what i feel Heilung offers they bring the whole package it's it's audible you know it's it's sound and it's visual like 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 you said you were there like i said i'm jealous because you were there and you you experienced the ritual aspect of their performance and you're not the only one that i've heard say that so i'm like one of these days i've got to you know do whatever it takes to it's to be there definitely for worth the journey and what's funny about my seating is i was not anywhere up front like i wanted to be but despite all that it's, I'll never forget the very beginning of the ritual. Um, Alex, uh, one of the main shamans of the, the tribe, started to sage the space. And that's when you knew something was going to happen. And I'm just like, oh my gosh, here we go. And no matter where I was seated, where I was standing, you could feel, you've seen it probably in a couple of videos, there's this giant drum in the background. Yeah. And the way that it's pulsated, I'll, I'll never forget it. It, it, like, vibrated through my entire core. It was just outstanding, you know? Wow. Yeah, I, I, I mean, hearing it described, um, and there's some other bands out there, or there's some other, you know, projects that um, maybe not aren't even a collective of people that may be, like, solo projects of things, uh, of, of individuals that are releasing stuff like this. I, I, I see a huge, like surgeons of folk music uh along this line nordic folk you know um viking music people sometimes put a label to it they people call it different things but i think you know germanic folk music nordic folk music uh dunheim is another big one that i like to to stream and listen to on a regular basis heilung wardruna voluspa um you've got a couple others who i think you've uh, plugged I a guess, lot that you're uh, actually Fiamidane, friends with. Yes, yeah. Fiamidane and uh, Mnuknor, um two outstanding individuals who have also, you know, what's funny is Danheim was actually my first, you know, Nordic, you know, vibe music that I started to listen to. And that opened up the door to Heilung, which my great friend of mine introduced me to. And just, it opened so many wonderful doors and this falls, you know, music, but also meeting different people like i never would have imagined being friends with some of the people that i am today and mm -hmm. that's another reason why i'm such a die hard you know highland fan it's just i don't want to seem cliche by any means but i'm just speaking from directly from experience and you know how i'd like other people to hear their experiences as well yeah and that's the best place to to speak from i feel is experience you know like you're not over here blowing smoke <laughs> You know, right. you're just like, oh, yeah, I bought all their albums and I got all their T-shirts and, you know, Hail Heilung no. or whatever. Like, right. you know, you, you lived it, you experienced it, and that spoke to you. And I feel it's the most sincere, sincerest form, and I don't mean this like in a negative uh, way, the, the sincerest form of flattery 
is when you support somebody or something uh, so purely, you know, um, it's not, it's not, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? It's not uh, lip service. You know what I mean? Like you can, oh, yeah. you can be like, oh, I like the page or I comment here or there, but like, no, when you're like active in it and you're, you know, talking to people and, and sharing your thoughts and feelings, like it's, it's the most sincerest form of flattery, the purest form of flattery. And, and I feel like that's where um, all these projects that uh, pop up that we see, because like a lot of this, this type of music or a lot of these types of projects that I've come to learn have been due to folks like yourself who are sharing that information. Like, wow, I didn't know this existed until now, you know? Uh, so there's this whole networking thing that exists, you know, this like extended sort of family element, which I've talked a number of times on whether it's podcast or my channel about this illusion of family that exists with online forums, whether it be social media or, um, you know, online fan clubs and things like that. It, it gives a false sense of or a false or an illusion of a family for a lot of people. And then you've got folks like yourself who understand the 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 heart behind it all um and you're not you're not loosely throwing out terms like you know brother sister family my tribe you know like i feel like you're one of those guys that really understands the the heart behind it or, or the inherent meaning behind it and you're not lost in the illusion of of what an online group or or, or an email subscription list represents you know it's not a replacement it's, a fan, something. it's just an inclusion yeah. Exactly, and that's that's very important too. And now I, I've seen that a lot. It's like you hear a lot of people saying "skull" and things like that. <laughs> yeah. I'm guilty of saying that, but now I'm really starting to notice it, and I'm starting to respect that. You know, maybe it would be more ideal for myself and my friends if you know, more proper terminology would be nice. But also, it's like people saying "going Viking." I'm like, you don't understand that the, you're not you're not a Viking, <laughs> not by a stretch. I'm sorry, I'm walking away now. Like I just, I can't handle it. <laughs> yeah, but I remember you mentioned that in a few of your podcasts, and anytime you mentioned that, I just have a smirk on my face, like, "Yep, yep, <laughs> don't get me started." <laughs> yeah, you just go down that rabbit hole, you know. And look, like I'm one of those types where, hey, if I say something uh, and people want to like. I'm very, I'm very sensitive of the fact that, um, uh, you know, something that that is said, whether it's here on a podcast or on my channel or any of the other social media platforms that I'm seen or heard on, uh, it's like, oh well, you know, Jesse said it, and um, like, that's that's the way I think now because he said it. Like, I'm not an authority. I'm not some sort of end-all, be-all. My views and my way of thinking uh, are developed through my own experiences and study. Um, and I encourage everybody to do it, to do that themselves. If if what I offer sparks that fire and, and points you in a direction to want to learn something specific about that, then I feel like that's time well spent and that's a great thing because um, one of the things that I found so maybe like in liberating in a way was uh, with heathenry is that it forces you to make a way, right? Um, there, there's inclusion and there has to be inclusion. There has to be involvement to be a heathen. You're not, you can't just be, um, I mean, I guess you can, you can be whatever you want. You can do whatever you want. Anybody can, but I feel sure. like I've gotten the most out of heathenry by 
taking that initiative, researching, being a part of things, making that, taking that step, maybe, you know, stepping out of my comfort zone in so many places, in so many instances. And, um, you know, taking a lashing sometimes if I'm wrong and I, and I have to admit it, you know, like that's a learning process, you know, and all that kind of stuff, not being so proud to, uh, like, to not be deny. humbled or, you know, corrected. Yep. yep. Yeah. Cause guess what? I mean, everybody's human. And, and first of all, you know, out of, out of the, you know, comparing myself to anybody else, uh, you know, six years as a heathen versus people who have been doing it for as long as I've been alive. Like I, I certainly have a lot to learn and I would welcome any information that they would be willing to share in those ways. But the cool thing about it is that, you know, those types are the ones who like, yeah, you can learn, but here's where you need to go to learn. I would rather be given the tools and the, and pointed in the direction of where to go than to just be told everything. And exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't know what you feel or how you've experienced it yourself, but I almost feel like too many people nowadays just want the answers handed to them. Like, how do I That's, do this? How do I do that? Tell me what to do. It, tell me, tell me, tell me. It reminds me a lot. Well, first, before I continue is that's, you know, what brings me earlier is uh, that's something I've come to really respect and appreciate about you and your channel is that, you know, you make it known that you're not no authority. You know, you're not someone who went to college for it or anything like that, but mm-hmm. you're on a sincere journey and a path. And the fact that you're not trying to teach anybody per se, like directing them, you're just assisting and supporting. Yeah. But that uh, also brings me to, uh, I used to practice karate. Mm-hmm. And I remember when oh, I really? first started, I'm like, man, I want to get that black belt. I want to get that black belt. But then yeah. over time, when you start to learn these things, you're like, the black belt's at the end of the road. You want to enjoy the journey and really experience the different stages of growth and learning that you you know you seek to do yeah and if you don't see that then you're missing the entire point and it's it's an awful way to approach it but some people do it just like you know trying to be a a heathen or whatever you practice or follow is this you know it's necessary to make mistakes it's necessary to not always be right all the time and it helps to be humbled, corrected. And it's, it's what's important is that you take the lesson that, you know, you learn from that experience. If it keeps repeating, well, you only have yourself to blame though. Yes. I, uh, I, I don't think I'll ever, at least, you know, I'm never going to be the master. I'm always going to be the student. Um, at least that's kind of the way my, in my own humble view of myself, you know, I may, I may, I may exist for another few decades maybe um as as a, as, a, as a human in this profane space and i may continue on as a heathen for that length of time and i'm you know 30 some odd 40 years into my life and i'm a heathen all that time and i'm always going to be a student i'm always going to have that view of myself as a student because like you said um that whole like martial arts black belt thing like that's a very modern structured approach to it rankings and things of that nature you look at like some because i i I studied martial arts too um as a kid uh going from like my youth into my teenage years and i was i I was originally introduced to martial arts um and i was going through uh it was taekwondo what was the one like do you remember what you were were into at the time or did it it was just karate just basic karate karate. Yeah, yeah so i went to into like taekwondo and then that was when I was a kid. It was high energy. It was a lot of, you know, it got me into shape, you know, made me active and this sort of thing. 
later on i was uh and i only did that for maybe a few years i didn't i never made it to my to my black belt you know what i mean um but what i ended up getting into after that was chinese martial arts uh singi specifically which uh is one of like the three top internal martial arts china's weird like in that sort of way like they got like four thousand different styles of kung fu you know every region every every village had their own you know sub version of like oh you know you met this one village and this guy over here you know he's 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 drunken monkey style and you got the next village over that had to defeat <laughs> the monk and they and they're you know uh, uh psycho snake and then you got you know um um psychedelic uh brain or whatever like they all have their own different styles of things it's wacky but um like sing Yi was one of those combative martial arts that was developed for the chinese armies thousands upon thousands of years ago it kind of falls into like the whole of you like tai chi and uh bakwa and some of these other different like internal martial arts very very fascinating very um but it was way different than the uh the the, the taekwondo that i had learned and part of the difference about it was that there's no ranking system there's no belts that you get you just learn until you die <laughs> basically like right. you just you know you study you study you learn new techniques you learn new techniques and then you know when you expire you expire there's no ranking system obviously the more you do it the better you get but that's like anything anything that's experience based you know a 30 year master carpenter is better than an, an apprentice right so there's there's understanding of that right but um and you want to talk about like randomness like where did we where did where did this start and where did we end up <laughs> exactly martial arts uh and stuff but i think uh it's yeah, just the experience think, of you know what you're trying to study and what you're yeah, trying studying, to pursue. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, the, I think where like we we started with this was you know uh, learning and not trying to teach. You know what I'm saying? Like there's there's exactly. definitely people out here who are teaching and who are providing gui uh, like guided lessons, and they are definitely in a position to do so. Um, I'm not one of them, and I'm not any in any way shape or form trying to portray myself as such and i'm glad that at least um you know you, you understand like from your own perspective like it's not that he's telling you what to do it's he's sharing knowledge and kind of being like a here's a suggestion here's a way to do it and figure it out for yourself there's another uh channel that i subscribe to um ocean keltoy really really cool uh heathen content creator um, so for anybody listening, right, if you go to YouTube and search Ocean Keltoy, you're going to find some really cool stuff. One of his things, I think he ends it on every episode, is uh, find a way or make one, right? And that's what a lot of us, that. I think, are out here are trying to do. You, 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 There's so much that people want to be told, well, how do I do it, right? Just tell me the way. Like, give me the answers. Um, and that's the easy part. You're not going to learn anything if you don't find it yourself, I feel. No. Um and part of finding your way is messing up and, and tripping and, you know, getting your knees bruised and, and uh, you know, getting your nose bloodied and, and just getting roughed up a little bit. That's part of learning. You know, you, you ride a bike, you know, get you. on a bike. Right. Yeah, exactly. So um, one of the things we always like to do on our uh, Random Heathen Ramblings podcast is, is discuss a random stanza from the Havamal and uh, Patrick was kind enough to 
pick one, right? You had one that you uh, wanted to have. That's exactly right. Uh, talked about here on the channel. So um, every, you know, every episode that we put out here, uh, the the random stanza is is usually selected by myself because I'm usually doing these things by myself, which is it's neat to have a guest on here to have this dialogue because you know my views, my insight. Um, it's always great to have a, a second view or, or an additional view on things. So we always, um, when, I, when, when a stanza is picked, we've got multiple translations, multiple versions of the Havamal that have been translated. You know, there's Auden and Taylor, there's Oliver Bray, there's the Hollander, Terry, Bella, you know, uh, Bellows, Thorpe, and then Jackson Crawford. So we read from all of them, or a lot of them, I should say. Um, so to start this off, as we sort of wrap up the podcast, as we started off, um, I'm going to ask you, Patrick, um, tell us which stanza we're going to be reading from the Hall of Mall today or what we're going to be looking at today. So what did you pick out for us? That's going to be stanza 34 of the Hall of Mall. All right. So stanza 34. And then did you have, uh, you had a translation that you were going to be reading from, uh, or that I was, I was going to ask if you wouldn't mind, would you read us the first stanza that, or whatever that you picked uh, from whatever translation? If you know which absolutely. one it is, that's great. If not, that's fine. Yeah, absolutely. I believe it's actually the top one, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. Uh, was it Auden and Taylor? Yes. Ooh, fire away. All right. <clears throat> to a false friend, the footpath winds though his house be on the highway. To a sure friend, there is a shortcut, though he live a long way off. Awesome, thank you. Um, and if you don't mind, I will read from uh, several other translations. I'll let everybody know which stanza, you know, which which version of the stanza we're reading from. But that was Definitely. the Auden, Auden and Taylor, uh, which is, I like that translation. I like the cadence um, that that translation offers to the stanzas. Um, it kind of just rolls off the tongue like there's a pattern, there's a, there's, there's a cadence to it that I really like. Um, so I will go ahead and uh, continue on with uh, a few more. So we'll go to the um, Bellows translation, and that one reads, Crooked and far is the road to a foe, though his house on the highway be. But wide and straight is the way to a friend, though far away he fare. Similar things that we hear, it's just the verbiage has changed a little bit across the translation, so much of what we, we see in, in repeated stanzas. The Bray, Oliver Bray translation reads, long as the road, sorry, long as the round to a false friend leading, e'en if he dwell on the way. But though far off fared to a faithful friend, straight are the roads and short. Um, I like the Hollander version as well, which is to false friend, a a far way tis, though his roof be reared by the road. To stench, friend, a, a straight way leads, though far he have fared from thee. Uh, Thorpe is another favorite of mine. Long is and indirect the way to a bad friend's, though by the road he dwell. But to a good friend's, the path lie direct, though he be far away. Um, and then lastly, I have the Wanderers Havamal authored by Jackson Crawford. And um, I'm going to read that one as well. I usually end on that one. 
Jackson Crawford's translation of the stanza uh, 34 reads, it's a long and crooked walk to a bad friend, even if he lives nearby. But it's an easy road to a good friend, no matter how long the journey. Um, so Patrick, you know, as, as, as a guest here, um, and since you picked this stanza out, um, what is, what are some of the things that, uh, you know, stand out to you about this stanza? What is it, what is this saying to you? We heard so many different ways of saying kind of the same thing. Um, but how, what would you take away from this? To me, uh, I thought about what stanza pretty much all day today and like late last night. And this is something, you know, from experience that, you know, when you're trying to be loved and to be liked, you sometimes go to a false friend or someone who really doesn't have your best interest in mind. And sometimes myself, I've neglected seeing that and I ended up hurting myself and being, you know, this entangled and toxicity that really didn't need to be, but so desperate for approval and companionship, you know, sometimes that happens and sometimes we need to be reminded. Whereas I have friends that I know I can count on and approaching them, whether it be, you know, going to visit them or just merely speaking to them, it's so much more simple, no hidden agendas, you know, no falsehood, just straight up being who you are and who you claim to be. But sometimes people can put on a really neat persona and tell you the things that you want to hear. But all in all, a true and faithful friend is someone that's easily approachable, just as well as a, you know, someone who teaches or someone who aids, kind of like you, you're approachable, someone who I can relate to and not have to hold back anything I have to say just to be who I am. And that's what's important. Interesting. I love the analysis, you know, um, I think it's especially important uh, in modern times now, because like you said, um, there's so much that can be misconstrued from uh, relationships that we develop online with people. You know, you can be anything you want to be um online you can you can be anybody um and then when somebody wants to get to wants to get to know you um your true colors show and there's a lot of that out there you know there's a lot of seemingly decent people on the surface and then you get to talking to them you get to know them and then like wow they're you you know uh you're not what i thought you were you're not who i thought you were um and so like you said before you know trying to get um whether it's validation approval, yeah. or approval or, or things from people, uh, you know, it's a lot of misses, you know, it's, you know, they say it's hit and miss. It's, it's a lot of miss when it comes to stuff online, because again, people can be whoever they want to be. Um, they, they can put on a persona uh, that, you know, when you meet them in real time or in, or in real life away from their public image or, or what they want to be perceived as uh, it's night and day, you know, we see it a lot. Um, I like the fact that what the stanza mentions is that, you know, the road leading to the home of a good friend, uh, the person who you're nearest and dearest to, um, even though the distance or the miles may be far, the like the literal miles may be vast, but the distance is not, if that makes sense. It's perception in a way. 
um, the closest. You can be you can be so close to people who you're not. And in, in comparison, you can have absolutely nothing to do with people who are literally right in your backyard uh, because of that failure to connect. And, and there's no, you know, I see a lot of folks that um, we see this a lot online too. I noticed, uh, oh, you know, you're, you know, I'm looking for heathens in my area, you know, um, which I understand and I get the drive and the, sure. and the interest because, you know, heathenry and being a very tribally focused view on things like you want like-minded folks nearby that you can physically connect with um and the reality is that some people in some places of the world just don't have that kind of a of a of a reach there there's places around the world that just don't have a large if any presence of of heathens that that think or or, or approach things in the same or similar ways um so it's it's perception a lot, you know. You might be, you know, fifteen miles away from somebody who's has absolutely nothing to do with what you want, and then you got people that are, you know, fifty miles away that you're like, heck, I'll I'll get in the car, or I'll, uh, you know, order an Uber or whatever. I'll go see you if it's that far away because we connect uh, on that level, you know. Um, I think it goes above and beyond just the mere description of how friendship works or feels nowadays overall. Exactly. Um, we, as again, just living in modern times, the, the world was different in, in way before social media ever existed and way before there was this internet that we have reaching. I mean, here you, you're, I'm in Tennessee and you're in like wherever. Uh, and, and we're having this conversation right now and we're talking in real time and we're talking about things that we can connect with and, and understand. Uh, and the miles don't mean anything. Um, no. Like in, in turn, anything that it's like, oh, just because you're over here and I'm over there, um, we're still able to find ways to connect. Uh, I don't think it takes away from any of the uh, inherent heathen values where we talk about frith and being tied to a tribe or having obligations tied to a tribe. The real grassroots level of heathenry still is important to cultivate and to, to uh, you know, nurture. Um, but we can still have stuff like this and we can still develop great friendships and we can have wonderful interactions and learn a lot from each other, you know, regardless of the distance, though far he may be, right? Though the travels be many or, or the, you know, though we travel many miles, though, you know, we fare far from each other, that sort of thing, whatever the verbiage, whatever the, the labels that we want to put to it, whatever however we want to call it, whatever we want to say. Um, it ultimately, I think, boils down to how, what, what are you willing to put into to a relationship, friendship? You know, what are you willing to do? Um, miles could mean nothing. Um, I have some of my closest friends that live 30, 40 miles away from me. And I may not be able to see them as much as I would like, but the distance usually doesn't matter. It's we find a way, you know? <laughs> Find a way to make one. <laughs> and when you do, it's all the more special when you see them because this, you know, sometimes distance makes the heart grow fonder. See, yeah, that's, yeah, that's the other thing too is uh, sometimes that, that separation. I think that's one of the, one of the hidden, um, I'll say blessings or, or, or things that uh, throughout this global pandemic over the last over year now, oh, gosh, right? yes. uh, you know, they, People that have been forced to be apart uh, because of local guidances or restrictions or 
um, or precedences and things that just, you know, totally rocked our world. Um, it puts things in a whole different perspective, in a whole different light. Um, and you can, you can definitely say that um, that separation or that distance does uh, change your perception and, and, and makes what you have with somebody seem that much more precious and that much more valuable. Because like, wow, like we didn't, you know, we took advantage of the fact that we could meet to, together all the time and we didn't do it. And now here we are, you know, a year later and it's like, wow, we haven't seen each other for so long. And because of what? Because of something that was outside of our immediate control and that we were just kind of thrown into and had to figure out a way to survive through uh, or, or, and make a way through. So I think your I think your analysis of it was really cool, Patrick. I like the um, you know insight that you brought to it, and I hope our listeners out here do as well. You know. Um, we're going to wrap the podcast up, but you definitely please stick around. Uh, we'd like to just chat with you a bit after the podcast ends. Absolutely. Uh, if you don't mind, but uh, I definitely appreciate you taking the time to be here tonight. This was an awesome episode. I hope everybody who's listened or is listening, um, if you guys want to share your thoughts, I always invite your feedback, whether it be an email, whether it be a voice message to the podcast platform. Whether you call the Midgard Musings hotline and leave a voicemail, that number again is 615-671-9832. You know, leave me a voicemail and, and be featured on the podcast yourself. So um, we're going to go ahead and wrap this up again. Again, Patrick, don't go anywhere. Uh, so for everybody that's listening, um, check the show notes for uh, anything that we talked about. The, the video that kind of started Patrick's and my friendship. You know, found a video online searching for things. And, and here we are today now talking about stuff on a podcast a year plus later. Um, it, it really blows my mind. And I want to thank you, Patrick, very much for uh, being my honored guest on, on tonight's episode. It's been really fun. It's been a true honor and pleasure. And it's definitely made my day. And this, I'm very happy that, you know, our paths have crossed as such and that we've gotten to this point. Well, the feeling is mutual, my friend. So for everybody who is... Um, listening out there, you know, again, be sure to please uh, follow all of what I do on the various platforms that I do it. Up in the show notes, you'll find a link tree link. It'll give you the links to everything that I do everywhere that I do it. The merchandise, the Patreon, the YouTube channel, Facebook, Twitter, all that fun stuff. Head up there to the show notes, see what fits you. There is more stuff coming uh, for ways that you can support Midgard Musings. There's going to be some membership details coming out here on the channel soon. So stay tuned for that. Uh, but in the meantime, hail to my honored guest, Patrick Walsh, for being on the podcast tonight. And hail to all of you. And until we speak again, as I mentioned before, please stay safe out there. Uh, and may your hearth fires always continue to burn bright. Have a good night, everybody. <laughs>